morning crypto. Uh, good morning, Warriors. Looks like I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty and I can't get my screen up. There it goes. There we go. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Gonzo, joined by several members of our 3T Warrior family. To start us off, we have the mega personality. He brings the energy to the team, just like Bitcoin brings the energy to the market. Mr. Johnny Crypto. Johnny, why don't you say a few words to the viewers? Well, first off, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Hopefully they're all doing well and had a great weekend. It was beautiful. Gonzo, great to see you over there at the helm. Uh, hopefully you had a good weekend and those other beautiful faces, Selman and Andrew. And also want to give a shout out to our man, Amazing Abs. He had a a personal issue he had to attend to today. So, unfortunately, we can't see him, but I want to just send you, brother, high uh, vibration, love, and frequencies. Yeah, kind of a little bit of a rough start, but here we go, right? And so, we have our educator extraordinaire, an airdrop master. He's all about educating and helping others, Mr. Andrew Cashflow, a.k.a. the Cashflow King. Andrew, how are you doing this morning? Hey, Warriors, how are you doing this morning? For me, it's already afternoon. It is 25 degrees Celsius here, 77 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, it, it's excellent here. And let me tell you one thing. Last Sunday with my girlfriend, I went to a fair. It's called Keramis here. And there with all those kind of machines where you are shaken and there is uh, bumping cars and pulling strings and throwing balls. And it was just a party, just like being a child again. And that's playing, uh, that's also playing full out. So I love to be with you, Selman, Johnny, Gonzo. Looking forward to a great show. Nice, nice. It sounds like a great weekend. <laughs> okay. So he likes to call Coach JV his rich dad. I can't call him my dad because let's be honest, I'm much older than him. But when it comes to technical analysis, he is my mentor. I'm the loop to his Yoda the creator of G Investing and the CEO of Collecti Labs, Mr. Selman G. Selman, how you doing this morning? That was hilarious. Thank you so much. Um, and guys, he's exaggerating, by the way. He's as good as I am. So um, thank you guys so much. And I want to thank everyone who's watching right now and also for the lovely comments in the chat. Um, good morning. Good afternoon, you all. I hope you have a fantastic start into the new week. And um, yeah, we're more than happy to bring technical analysis and news updates, the most important relevant news updates here on the show. And I feel like Gonzo is doing a great job. So hit the like button if you agree. So let's get this uh, started. Thanks. Thanks, Salman. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing lending platform Celsius moves $529 million worth of wrapped Bitcoin to crypto exchange FTX. Should we be worried? Bitcoin faces a possible black swan event as trustee prepares to unlock 150K in Bitcoin. We explain the effects of Mt. Gox had, could have on the market. Cardano sharks scoop up 79.1 million ADA ahead of the Vassal Fork upgrade. Is Cardano setting the foundation to pass Ethereum? The Federal Reserve Vice Chair calls the crypto regulation to address risk. And then Tether fortifies its reserves we will discuss if this can finally silence the critics. 
Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. For those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific at the 3TK at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. It's a very special day today. It's my first time hosting the show. Abs will be back on Wednesday. I just want to say we miss you, brother, and we're sending you love and high vibrations. I'm super excited to be with you guys today. So I noticed that lately we've seen this reoccurring theme of the number 111. So on Friday, Coach JV came onto the show and there were 111 viewers. Later on, Mario came on the show and there were 111 likes. So it's only fitting that today is the 11th, that we started the show at 11 a.m., and that today is our 101st episode. In the rules of numerology, you drop the zero, and what do we get? 11. So let's get this thing going how we always do. Johnny, let's transition it. Let's start off with looking at our Good Morning Crypto Twitter page. All right. So um, if you guys want to join the Academy and you're always trying to figure out how you get there, if you go to our Twitter page, you can look up right here is the link. So let's keep this thing going. We're going to start off as we always do, looking at the fear and greed index. It's at a 22. I don't think there's much more to say. We're kind of moving up a little bit, but like Johnny likes to say, you can replace extreme fear with extreme buy. So I think we're going to keep kind of doing some more of the same. So let's move into the market watch. All right. So right now we're at 911 billion. That's actually a little bit lower than when I was doing research last night, right? Bitcoin dominance is at 42.8%. ETH dominance is at 15%. Bitcoin on the seven day, it's only up 2%. It's at 20,400. Ethereum's at 1138. It's up 2% for the seven day. XRP is at 32 cents. It's actually down half a percent. Cardano that we know we all love is at 44 cents. It's actually down right now, 4%. Avalanche is at 1819. It's up 4% for the week. Polygon Matic, that's at 57%. It's actually up 22% on the seven day. It had a pump because a lot of the different uh, partnerships that Polygon's been going out with. Kronos is at 11 cents. It's up barely 1%, uh, just under 1%. Chainlink, which I love, is at $6.25. That's actually just down one cent. And then one of our uh, ISO 20,002 tokens, Stellar, is at 10 cents. I think this is a steal, because we've been hovering at about 11 cents. So, and then Adam is actually up for the week, 7%, it's at $9. Algorand, one of our other ISO tokens, is at $0.30. Cents. It's actually down 4 for the week, 4%. And then we have VeChain. VeChain is another good steal. It's at $0.02, cents and it's actually down 1.72 for the week. So, Johnny, let's go ahead and kick it to you. How are you feeling about the market? Is there anything that you're watching or anything that you're doing different? Well, I want to say I'm doing anything different. I'm still dollar cost averaging in when I can. Um, my most recent one, I think, was about a week ago where I bought a shit ton 
um, before we had, I think, I think Bitcoin was around 19,500, 800 at the time. And I, I bought a bunch there. So for now, I'm just waiting for the next paycheck to come in to, to dollar cost average back in again. Um, but for me, you know, some of the favorites, you mentioned a lot of them, you know, I'm sticking with a lot of the ISO coins. However, I did start to shift a little bit into Uniswap. And I also saw Grayscale shifted into Uniswap too. So I'm hearing, you know, I do think that's going to be one of the ones that um, is going to survive and be strong in the future. So I am starting, I don't have much of it, but I'm starting to pack my bags with Uni. Yeah, you know, I think it really just depends on what your strategy is. And we talk about this all the time where you really need to know what kind of investor you are, right? Are you uh, the kind of person that's going to dollar cost average consistently over this whole bear market? And so you don't need to kind of worry about it that much. Or are you more of a trader? And so now you're kind of paying attention to the charts. And, you know, like we always say, if you're going to trade, please, please be careful. Leverage absolutely wrecks everyone. So don't use leverage or use very minimal leverage because you don't want to get wrecked. Andrew, how are you looking at the market? Is there anything that you're looking at or anything that you're doing different? You're muted, Andrew. You're muted. I think you may are losing you a little bit, uh, Gonzo. I was just asking you if you uh, are you doing anything different, or what are you seeing in the market lately? For me, for me, for myself, you know, actually, when I look to the chart of Bitcoin and Ethereum, and I'm not a specialist in chart reading, but I see a higher high and a higher low, which at least makes me a little bit happy. And uh, I see this for uh, for Bitcoin. I see it the same for Ethereum. But of course, I'm uh, I'm curious what uh, what uh, Selman has to say about it because he knows much more about the uh, technical analysis. And actually, about Uni, I have uh, I have a nice story because in uh, yeah about uh, two years ago, I got an airdrop and I opened my uh, my UniSwap wallet, and uh, and then there was written airdrop, and I never had had an airdrop before. So I thought, oh, airdrop. So I got about 500, uh, uh, 500 uni or so. And I said, what is this? So I immediately sold it on, on an exchange. And then I thought, hmm, what's this? So then, then it, and then it dropped. And then I bought it back again. And in the end, I, I hold it. And so I have uni for, for, yeah, for zero. And it's, it's now a, a lot of, it's now a lot of money uh, worth. So, uh, that's how weird it can go because two years ago I, I knew nothing about airdrops and currently I know I will know a lot about it. But it was so exciting to to see what's all possible in uh, in, uh, in in crypto land. So uh, you know, and but today about the market, are we there already? I think we are heading for more sideways uh, patterns and maybe a little bit more downside. But uh, curious what uh, what our friend Selman has to say about it. Yeah, well, you're definitely our airdrop king. So I can't see the YouTube channel. So I don't know how many likes we have. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Smash the like button. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe and let's just keep it going. Selman, what are you seeing in the market? Are you doing anything different or is it more of the same? Um, thank you so much. So I personally, I'm leaning back. I'm not doing any more purchases. The reason for that is um the market conditions um i'm just waiting for the on a daily waiting for a nice uh, solid support above 21 ema and right now 
uh, we're all waiting for the CPI uh, update. The announcement will come um, on Wednesday morning. So we'll see if inflation has slowed down. If we, if the Fed was successful in, you know, um, controlling the inflation rate. If so, that's gonna, of course, bring some bullish sentiment in the markets because then we can trust. Uh, we will, like I would say, Fed, the Fed will uh, win a little bit of trust from the markets that you know they know what they're doing, they know how to control it. But if not, if it's again um, out of control, it's getting out of control, and we we see another new um, all-time high, then or for the last forty years, for example, then probably you know you you can see even um, another bloodbath for all coins and Bitcoin. So uh, right now, unfortunately, we lost the twenty-one thousand three hundred support level for Bitcoin, and now trading um, at a lower later like lower level, of course. So let me show you that real quick. Unfortunately, what I really hate to say is, guys, um, now we that we lost the trend, it looks like we might find a little support here between like 19,700 to 20K. But if we can't hold that level, then there is a high chance that we can easily drop back below 19. So 18, worst case, of course, 16 is a Fibonacci level. So I'm looking um, to see, you know, if... Um, Bitcoin can really find support up here and just trade sideways. Uh, it really depends on the CPI rate. And there are multiple things coming out even today. Uh, but I didn't do much research on that. So we need to find out. Volume is, of course, really low, especially when you go to the daily. You know, lo- volume is decreasing. Well, you know, we especially on the higher time frames, you see a nice double top. Uh, of course, it's not nice when you want want Bitcoin to pump, right? So, unfortunately, it doesn't look that great, especially for Ethereum. Many other altcoins, we have the same. Uh, on the daily, we need to close above 21 EMA. That has been uh, a very good, actually, moving average, a moving trend, let's say. Um, but on the other hand, the, the tether dominance is also getting out of control. So, perfect retest of the uh, of the trend here. We want this one to break to lower levels. Unfortunately, it looks like it gained some strength here and could break above the 21 EMA or let's say the falling trend, which is more important now. If we can break, if we see a break above, of course, tether dominance will increase. And that's that's going to mean that, you know, Bitcoin and many and the whole crypto market is going to see another big uh, pullback. And on the other hand, of course, the dollar index is gaining strength. And that's also quiet, you know, scary. We don't want the dollar to get so, um, like, strong compared to assets. So we'll see what's going to happen with uh, with the global markets. The global markets, I mean, the U.S. stock market, of course, the main focus, opened bearish today. We'll see if we can close it bullish. If so, that will reflect on Bitcoin. But if not, of course, we could, we could see Bitcoin trading below 20K again. Yeah, you know, I, I really love that saying because I think it's so true where they say, you know, show me the charts and I'll show you the news. Because if we do get some price for down action, you know, we're, we're going to talk about some of the articles, but what's going on with the Mt. Gox, you know, releasing some of the 150K in Bitcoin. And we're going to talk about like the potential of what Celsius is going to do with their wrap Bitcoin. Um, but it, when we were looking uh, at the notes from the Fed, 
they talked about, you know, again, we're looking at that 75 basis points, maybe 100 basis points. Selman, just your opinion, because I know we don't know. Do you think there's a potential that they might like if inflation hasn't come down like they thought and we're either still at the 8.6 or we're even higher? Because a lot of people think that we're going to be higher. Do you think that the Fed might go all the way up to 100 basis points or do you think that they'll keep it at 75? Now, that's a good question. They agreed, of course, like some members agreed that they would fully support 75 basis points. Um, but if it's like getting out of control and there is a lot of FUD around it, then they probably don't have a choice. They need to act more aggressively. Um, but for now, of course, the 75 basis point is already new, uh, already priced in uh, in the, you know, in the um, basically in the charts. You can see that people right after that announcement, Nasdaq and S&P, all of them pumped, which is weird, right? The markets didn't pay it, like didn't care. But uh, I don't believe, you know, whenever you see that quick bounce, that doesn't mean the market is now recovering. We still need good economic growth, economic numbers. Unfortunately, that's missing. And that's why 100 basis points, I don't want to exclude it. It's still possible. It's on the table. Um, but for now, if the CPI rate is, you know, very high, if the number is going to be super high, then, of course, maybe next month you're going to hear in the reports saying that we should do 100 basis points but if it's you know close to the expected rate just a little bit above maybe they're going to they're still going to stick to 75 because they don't want to hurt the markets more than it is now but um again it's i don't want to exclude it but definitely when you do a purchase or you know plan a strategy please take that into account yeah cuz i i think you're spot on Salman what I think about is I remember at the beginning of the year when they first started doing all this and they said that, oh, you know what? You know, if we come out with 50, we'll, we won't go higher than 50. We're going to just do that and go all the way even. And then that very next rate, right, is when we got the 75. But I think you're right. I think, you know, it's it, the 75 is baked in. And even if we got 100, like there are some people that are leaning towards that, it, it might not be as catastrophic as you know at the beginning of the year if we would have said 100 basis points people would have lost their minds right totally so johnny let's go ahead and move this on we're going to start off with our first article which is the celsius article right so celsius moved 529 million worth of rat bitcoin to ftx exchange should we be worried right in battle lending platform celsius has transferred nearly 25,000 rat bitcoin worth 528.9 million to crypto exchange FTX, prompting concerns from some of the community about whether the, a dump may soon follow. The huge transfer to the exchange comes after a lending platform paid off its remaining 41.2 million of debt to Maker Protocol. So basically what happened is these guys paid off their loan and because it's a collateralized loan, it unlocked all that wrapped Bitcoin, right? So however, the community is unsure what to make of the transfer with some fearing that a dump of the wrapped Bitcoin on the exchange could soon follow, pushing Bitcoin prices down further, right? So I guess it's the way that you look at it, and I'm going to open it up to the group here in a second, but is it like doom and gloom where these guys are going to need the money and they're going to actually liquidate all that Bitcoin because they have to pay other creditors? Or is this a bullish sign or a positive sign for people that are on the platform that they're going to exchange the wrapped Bitcoin 
for actual Bitcoin and start releasing some of the deposits. So, Johnny, let me start with you. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Are you leaning towards that these guys might liquidate the, the wrap Bitcoin so they could pay creditors? Or do you think maybe they might open it up the platform so that, you know, people can start maybe getting some of their withdrawals? I mean, yeah, it's a tricky question. If they want to stay solvent and build credibility, then that's what they should do. Uh, what they will do, it's hard to say. I don't know what their average entry cost is of the Bitcoin that they purchased to know whether or not they would dump it. But, yeah, that's a tricky one. I, I don't know. I won't be surprised if they dump some of it. But to, to save uh, the reputation there, I would suspect that they're going to try to hang on to it. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I'm leaning towards they haven't shown a concern for their um, they've shown more of a concern for the creditors than they are for the clients. Right. They were irresponsible with the lending platform yeah. as far as taking people's assets and lending them out. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Do you think that these guys are going to liquidate the, the Bitcoin so they could pay creditors? Or do you think that maybe they might try to? open up the platform and trying to release some of that? Or do you think that maybe that stuff is gone, that people should maybe get it in their mind that like with these platforms like Celsius or Voyager, those things are gone and you should just move on from that. And then later on, if maybe they, they get something, then it's a positive. There is something there is something weird going on because Voyager immediately filed for chapter 11 and Celsius still didn't. So what's happening there? For sure, there is something weird going on. There is, there is a hole somewhere in the, in the balance sheet that nobody knows where the money is. However, uh, Alex Mashinsky, every Friday he did an Ask Me Anything call. He cannot talk about anything anymore. So because he's not allowed to talk about anything anymore. So this is all speculation through all the market. I know one guy is called Simon Dixon, and he has... Um, 5% of the shares in, in Celsius. And he is trying to get things moving. And they even asked him to, 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 to become a member of the board. And then Simon Dixon said, no, I'm not going to be a member of the board because I have a lot of interest for, for, the, for the depositors and also for, my, for myself. So he is trying to, to negotiate and to get some information out, but it's very difficult. And uh, I'm not sure what is happening at the moment. Uh, I also hear rumors that they are splitting up the company in a, in a, a part which is the international depositors, a part which is the U.S. depositors, and a part which is the is the lending and borrowing uh, part. So what's exactly happening with Celsius? I don't know. But we do know, and what we see is that those wrapped bitcoin that's by the way wrapped in a sort of ethereum code so that it can be handled on because i saw a question in the in the chat so what is wrapped bitcoin actually you can exchange your bitcoin in such a way that you give it a code like uh, like ethereum and then you can handle it on an ethereum platform so we know so much uh, wrapped bitcoin is sent to to ftx yeah what they are going to do with it and what will be happen there? There is so much not information that that it's yeah we should should wait about it. And I think this this can take before before this will be solved. It can see see the Mount Gox stuff. It can take ten years before this uh, will be solved. But anyway, it's very interesting to see. 
and what I also want to tell to everybody, we are in a phase in the market, there is a shortage of liquidity. So every centralized platform is dangerous. And maybe not the biggest one, like, uh, like Binance and Celsius and FTX is also a big one. Kraken is a, is a good one. But be very careful when you have your, your, your holdings on a, on a centralized platform. It's always best to put your holdings in a self-custody wallet. I, can't, I also made the mistake. I had funds in Celsius and they are sitting there. Yeah. However, I split my ris risk a little bit because I had it in BlockFi. I had it on Nexo. I, I emptied my Nexo account. I emptied my BlockFi account. Everything is currently in a uh, self-custody self wallets. Actually, I use a lot of uh, Exodus wallet. Very, very easy to use. And uh, then, you know, the, the disadvantage is then maybe for a year, maybe for two years, no staking rewards or no earning rewards. That's what it is, you know, but, but leave us safe and sorry. Yeah, you know, I spent the weekend moving uh, some of my assets off the exchanges onto my Atomic Wallet and MetaMask. Um, and what it really comes down to is diversifying risk, right? Because I know that Johnny uses Nexo um, and a lot of other people on the team still have their stuff on Nexo. But <clears throat> so we're not sitting there saying, <clears throat> hey, you know, these platforms are completely, totally all evil. What we're saying is that you need to make a decision for yourself and diversify that risk so that, that all your crypto isn't on one exchange or on one platform earning stuff. Because then if something goes bad, you're going to get wiped out. So if you're able to maybe like for ne like Nexo, I know a lot of people have XR, uh, XRP on Nexo. So maybe if you have a bag of XRP on Nexo, that's, earn that's earning rewards, but you're okay if it gets locked out or you lose that because you're, you're, you're looking at what you're earning compared to what's on there, th then you make that decision. And then maybe you have XRP on a Zoom wallet or maybe you have it on a ledger, right? But you definitely have to like diversify your risk and make sure that it's not all in one spot so that if something bad happens, you don't get completely wiped out. Selman, we haven't heard from you yet. Um, what are your thoughts as far as like Celsius and then moving it over to uh, FTX? Because I know there was an article, we don't have it here, but there was an employee uh, that was high up that was in charge of a fund that's actually suing Celsius because they're claiming in the lawsuit that Celsius was committing fraud. So that makes me lean towards that these guys aren't going to, you know, all of a sudden uh, move the wrap Bitcoin to regular Bitcoin to give it to the people that they're going to start, you know, probably liquidating so they could pay off these creditors. What do you think, Selman? Uh, well, about the details, I can't really say much. The only thing I can say is I also totally agree with Andrew right now is a time where you want to take everything out of these lending platforms and put it on a self-custody wallet and just, um, um, you know, maybe validate or sorry, delegate your coins to validators and earn staking rewards through them. But instead of, you know, giving into centralized platforms, because we really don't know what's going to happen next. Kevin O'Leary, right, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful, said that he's expecting uh, for, you know, a couple more um, bloodbaths where uh, projects like, and by the way, he said it before the Celsius crash. That something like Celsius happens, right? And probably we're going to see it even more because I can tell you one thing, guys. In the bear market, um, most of these projects rely on or are dependent on, you know, uh, token sales, etc. Or 
you know, through activity on their exchanges. And if in the bear market, people are not really interested. And the main reason why people use salesies is because they were greedy in the bull run and thought, hey, long term, I'm going to stake it and make more money because they believe it's never going to end. And then they stake it or or whatever it is, they lock their coins. And then unfortunately, these kind of uh, events happen. Uh, what I can really encourage is do research on that, please. And take it or like have you should have control over your coins right now because we're still going to see like we just entered a recession right bear market is going to continue and maybe for the next two years there is not going to be greed in the markets so maybe we're going to hear a couple more centralized platforms giving up it's it is what it is this is you know business we're talking business some business fail and then of course, you should take action now and, you know, at least secure your your wealth, your assets. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's why I love the Academy. So you guys can flash the, the thing, but, you know, join us at the 3T Warrior Academy. There's all kinds of value in there as far as resources. We have the courses. Coach started a new program that talks about business, right? Um, we have an affiliate program and then we have a whole mindset and health program. Um, I mean, there's tons of value there. Um, obviously, we're kind of in the world of the, the crypto courses and stuff. And so definitely, you know, if you want to level up, check it out. Um, there's all kinds of stuff in there about being secure, how to use exchanges, how to move your stuff off the ledgers and, and a bunch of other value. Johnny, we're going to go ahead and move it along to the next article, which is the... Uh, so Bitcoin faces Mt. Gox black swan as trustee prepares to unlock 150K Bitcoin. It's funny because the article calls it a black swan event, but black swan is when it comes out of nowhere. Uh, I would say this is more of a gray swan event because we can see this thing coming, right? So the prospect of rumored 150,000 Bitcoin flooding the market gets real as Mt. Gox creditors choose how much money to receive in cash Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash, right? So over eight years ago, Mt. Gox imploded during that hack, and it appears that those who lost money are about to receive Bitcoin, right? So the rehabilitation trustee, an attorney named Kobayashi, said that those owed now have the choice of receiving outstanding funds as an early lump sum repayment or not. It continues, as well as receiving all part of them in Bitcoin or embattled altcoin Bitcoin cash, right? So I wasn't around during the Mt. Gox hack, you have to go way, way back, right? But um, I was watching on Friday around the blockchain, and we're gonna talk about this, and BitBoy and CryptoBlood, who actually had Mt. Gox accounts, but they had pulled some of their crypto off of it, they talked about that, you know, the question was, is this gonna be an issue, right? Um, with what we just talked about earlier, and now another 150,000 Bitcoin possibly flooding the market, could we get sell pressure going down? And what BitBoy talked about is, is that what you need to take in consideration is that apparently it's a very difficult um, process for you to get your claim. Like you have to remember your password if you don't, because you have to remember the website's not up. So you can't just kind of like reset your password. So you have to go through these different email chains. So the way that they were describing it is that it's, it's a very difficult or um, laborious intensive process to actually make the claim. So that might give us a spread so that you won't get 
everyone kind of just liquidating Bitcoin and that's going to cause this huge sell pressure. Johnny, let's go to you. Um, do you think that this is like a big nothing burger or do you think that there's a potential here to cause more sell pressure? And then this is maybe what we're waiting for to bring us down to those teens with Bitcoin. Well, first of all, you need to, I don't know if anybody knows the history on this, but this was all started by that rat snake weasel, uh, Jeb McCaleb. He actually started this company and you might know him. He's also the one that uh, broke up with Ripple and created Stellar. Um, but this was his uh, debacle where they um, basically, uh, you know, bankrupted the company and, and screwed a lot of investors. So uh, yeah, there's about 150,000 Bitcoin that got locked up. And remember, at the time in 2013, when this happened, Bitcoin was, I don't know, 100 bucks. I don't even know what it was, but I know it wasn't 50,000. So all these people that are going to get access to these Bitcoin and if it's going to be difficult, whatever, let's just say 30,000 Bitcoin get freed up. They're going to get freed up at maybe, you know, an average price of 100 or $200. And now they're sitting at 20000 You better bet your damn ass they're going to sell. I would imagine they're going to dump it. Um, who wouldn't at, at those kind of gains? It would be ridiculous and foolish not to take some profits. Uh, as someone likes to say, take profits. So I think you will see dumping. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see some sell pressure. No doubt about it. Yeah. So if you think about it, I'll go to you next, Selma. But if you think about it. It's like the perfect situation as far as hodling, right? You were able to buy eight years ago at whatever the price was. And then if it would have been like if you just hodled all this time and now you could either sell now or you could actually even wait. If you really believe in Bitcoin, if you've been in it that far, you can actually wait until we hit our bull run and then sell out of it. But what are your thoughts, Selman? I mean, we need to understand that for the last... 12 years, no, sorry, 14 years, we've seen a nice bull run in the markets. Why? Because after the 2008 crash, they started quantitative easing. We've seen, we've always had low inflation. And now we were talking about, you know, recession. Bitcoin has never seen a recession before. So this is all new, uh, high inflation, and we got um, a tightening, etc. So this time it's different. And we talked about it last time with Johnny, right? So, um, we might see a, like crazy events in the markets. We've seen crazy amount of greed in the markets as well uh, after printing so much money in the last couple of years uh, after the pandemic. Um, so this is like going to be really interesting to, you know, what's going to happen next to Bitcoin. All these people probably will also believe, oh, you know what? I should sell my Bitcoin. I've been sitting on this for a long time. I just need cash or they they're. They gave up. They never want to like they don't want to mess with crypto anymore. Maybe who knows? There are some I know people that invested, lost money 20 years ago. And ever since they they don't want to do anything like uh, with with investing. So it's a broke mindset, maybe. But it's, it could certainly happen with Bitcoin as well. And on the other hand, you also need to understand that there are, you know, so many altcoins and all of them have, you know, great communities, but they believe it, it is the future. And that's the problem. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be here for the next 10 years. So it's a it's challenging to understand like which altcoin is going to be here forever. Bitcoin looks like it's always going to be here because it's the pioneer um, and it is already a brand. Right. But then there are many other L1s and we don't know if all of them going to succeed. I think they will. But, you know, we never know. So that's why our listeners also and anyone out there. Um, needs to understand that 
You know, there is nothing like I'm here uh, in this forever because you don't want to, first of all, you don't want to marry your coins. You don't know. Maybe tomorrow they're going to give up. Why do you want to, why are you hesitating? You know, that's also one thing. And um, you really need to do, especially now, right now in the bear market, you really need to do a lot of research and educate yourself, focus on fundamental analysis, right? Because, um, because these projects, they, they could be here for the next couple bull runs. And maybe after that, they're going to be gone. Who knows? It's, it's an evolving technology. It's brand new. That's why I focus on the big, uh, big companies that are also promising. But even if they're promising, always leave a second option there. Uh, or, you know, always look at the door because one day you might need to step out uh, before the whole thing crashes. Uh, so don't marry your coins. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good way. That's a good way. To, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll kick it to you in a second, Andrew. That's a good way to look at it. You know, I know they're called cryptocurrencies, but instead of looking at them as like money or currencies, look at them as networks, right? Crypto networks. And it becomes which network is going to have the best use case which one has the best community or not best community, but the biggest community because it's community that's going to use that network. Right. And it's the built in um, use case. So definitely, Andrew, go ahead. Let, let me say two things. Um, if it is so difficult to get your coins from uh, Mount Cox, I'm really wondering, will 10, 20, 30, 40 percent of the people be able to get them off? So I think it will be a process spread in time. So. I'm, I'm not expecting a, a huge, but unless there are some big whales with maybe a, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of Bitcoin, and they will dump it immediately, and they get their shit together, or they have their shit together, and and they are able to do it. But next to that, I'm not expecting a, a large dump from many, many people because most of the people they will just they forgot about it and they think, you know, I'm out of this. Um, about the story that Selman just just told about do your research, etc. You, you maybe think here he is again. Do not invest more than two to five hundred dollars in a crypto coin. Yeah, and if you're not sure, two hundred dollars is more than enough. If a crypto coin really becomes big, then you know with 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 the, with the thousand x or the, or the ten thousand x. You will make a lot of money anyway, and it will pay for all those other coins. So you can take the risk to invest in somewhat more coins with $200 instead of maybe one coin, $2,000. You can invest in two coins of our 10 coins for $200. That's more or less. Yeah, it is a little bit more administration and a more a little bit more discipline to track all those coins. But that, that's a strategy I do. D diversify yourself also in, uh, in, in, in several coins. On the other hand, also, don't put all your money in crypto because what is the idea? The crypto goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And then if you make some money and you, you are able to take some money off on, 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 on the way up, then take it out and put it in somewhere else, that money, yeah, where, where it is more stable. So put it in maybe a little bit gold and silver, but also if you have the ability uh, what I do, I, I buy uh, storage boxes yeah, for a car size format storage boxes. It's $20,000 or 20,000 euros more or less. You know, it's, it's not so much money. So, but I put a tenant in there and he pays me income five, six, seven percent per year. 
So, and that money never goes down anymore. It only goes up and I have no risk that it goes up and down and up and down. So use the crypto market to make money in, in a risky environment and then uh, channel your money in something else if it goes up again. And now it's the perfect time to accumulate. What, what, what John and always say, he is for, to, I think he's accumulating almost every day or every every hour. But, uh, uh, you know, th that's the way how you should how you should do it. And then if it goes up, have your exit plan. And, you know, I will come with also with, uh, with the investing uh, investing course in the near future. And then I will tell you everything in the in the in the Treaty Academy, how to do it, how to make a plan and how to stick to your plan. And also get out of the emotional feeling. Also, don't marry your coins. It's it's difficult when it goes up uh, to, to sell. And it is difficult to buy when it goes down. But if you have a plan, if you have a strategy, you, you can take out a lot of your emotions. And it, it, that is it's a game of emotions. Right. I mean, that is the classic saying there for Andrew, two to five hundred dollars. You heard it here. You can't go wrong. Johnny, I know you wanted to add something. Go ahead, brother. Well, you know, I love addressing the uh, the audience here as they have comments. And so as our, our manager, JT, calls out here, they're not getting BTC. Look up the courts. I'm not sure. You know, did that article say that they were getting btc or are they getting they're BTC? getting the option so they have to put in they either going to get uh bitcoin bitcoin cash or cash right that's the option uh and just so you guys know i'm kind of producing the show i can't see any of the comments at all so i'm i'll depend on these guys if, if we're going to talk about one of the comments or something like that but um yeah uh th that's that's what the article says when bitboy and crypto blood were talking about it that that was the options that they discussed uh, they were showing emails and and like from Mount Gox or from the from the you know the law firm that's the trustee and that they have to actually choose uh, what what they want. But the question is, are they going to get? So according to this statement, are they going to get the equivalency of the BTC they had then in in dollar value or in BTC value? So in other words, are they going if they had one BTC back then, do they get one BTC today? Or if they had a hundred dollars worth of BTC, they only get a hundred dollars worth of BTC today. That's the real question. Mm -hmm. um, it, it appeared the way they made it seem is like they get whatever the value of the Bitcoin was. So if that point five, they're getting point five, right? They're okay. not looking at the price appreciation. Okay. It's not the dollar value of what it was. It's the value of what the crypto was. That's okay. the way it was explained to me. I wasn't around for Mt. Gox, but th that's what the article talks about. And that's what they talked about. Well, according to JT, he says that's not what the court docs say. So I guess, you know, but the problem with a lot of these news articles are the, the newspaper people who write sure. don't read the court documents. But we're just reporting what the news articles telling you guys. But if the court docs say something different, then, uh, you know, we'd have to go pull those up and take a look. But again, we're just reporting what the news is telling us. Awesome. So let's go ahead and remember to smash that like button. If you're new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe. I don't know how many people we have viewing, but we do appreciate you guys being here and viewing. I know we have our loyal viewers and we love you guys. Johnny, let's move on to the next article. We got 123 viewers and 76, uh, sorry, 133 viewers and 76 likes. So come on, guys, smash that like button. Nice. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next article. Johnny, this one's for you, brother, because I know that you're a huge 
Cardano supporter. It's actually because of you that I started investing Cardano and started kind of looking into things, right? So Cardano Shark scoop up 79.1 million ADA ahead of the Vassal hard fork, right? ADA accumulation occurs despite a technical outlook threatening a 35% price crash by September of 2020. We're going to talk about that at the uh, in, a, in a second here because I want my, I want to get Selman's thoughts uh, about the TA part of this. But notably, um, so addresses holding between 10,000 and 100,000 ADA called sharks have had a, have added 79.1 million tokens. That's 37.7 million as of July 9th, right? So if you hold 10,000 to 100,000 in ADA, you're considered a shark, right? Meanwhile, Cardano whales that hold between 100,000 and a million have stopped selling, right? So if you have 100,000 and up, you're considered a Cardano whale, right? So they've actually stopped buying, which is a signal of maybe they're gonna start accumulating, but the sharks are definitely uh, buying now, right? So the recent, buy the recent buying spree among Cardano sharks hints that they have been positioning themselves for a sharp price rebound, especially as ADA trades nearly 85% below its September 2021 record high of $3.16. So we're basically at an 85% correction from where we were at the beginning. So even though these guys are starting to make kind of bullish moves, which is accumulating and the whales have stopped, the TA is kind of telling us something a little bit different, right? So Cardano supportive, uh, Card Cardano's supportive whales and sharks sentiment contrasts with technical indicators suggesting more pain ahead, right? Notably, ADA's price has been painting a descending triangle pattern since May 8th. Descending triangles typically resolve after the price breaks out in the direction their price trend of the price trend. So basically we're getting an ascending triangle and that's usually a bearish pattern. So we'll see what happens. I'm gonna get Selman's thoughts on this in a second. But I thought what was really interesting was I was doing some research and reading some articles over the weekend for the show. And so we know that Ethereum is uh, the top altcoin, right? We know that uh, it has the biggest amount or the biggest pool of developers. They write in the Solidity language, right? They were here first. So most people are used to using Ethereum and that Solidity language, right? But Cardano uses a language called Plutus. And this is what I didn't know. And this is what I thought was really interesting is that the Plutus language is a language that developers are using right now or like in the Web2 space. So potentially what that means is, is that Plutus is trying to bridge over the developers and it could give it a even larger pool than Ethereum, right? It's a, it's a what if scenario, right? But by using the Plutus language, it opens up the possibility of them even having more developers. We know that Johnny Euro was talking about how it has the most developers that are actively. I'm talking about actually the pool that they can pull from. Um, Selman, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Um, have you done any TA on Cardano? And do you agree with this thing as far as the ascending triangle? Do you think we could see a, a major price correction, especially if maybe Bitcoin pulls back? Mm -hmm. I was just checking out the um, price chart and all I can tell you guys is usually it is a bullish news update when you have a hard fork update, which which is great. Right. But we talked about it last time as well um, that, you know, usually in a bull market, you would see a crazy price appreciation because of that. You want to buy the rumors and sell the news. But Bitcoin right now is, you know, looking a little bearish. That's why it's, 
you know, it looks kind of risky. So I want to show you basically here on the weekly how Cardano looks like. So currently, yes, we only have one um, one possible level, um, you know, as support, which is 30, you know, currently like 35 cents. Uh, based on price volume, it even looks like we could drop to like 31, 30 cents. Um, if Bitcoin really pulls back all of them, especially Cardano, it looks like they're getting ready for another pullback. So unfortunately, that bullish update is not going to work if the market is, you know, if the markets are definitely uh, going um, to, to the bottom. So you see in this probably where, where we could see a bottom, like a good, I would say a good buying opportunity is actually around 15 cents, 14, like I would even say like 10 to 15 cents. Why? Because we got great buying opportunity. I mean, sorry, price volume there. And um, probably if we, you know, believe that Bitcoin might go down to 13K in the future or even 10K, that Cardano could really see these numbers. And I personally right now, not now, but what I'm planning to do, I'm enjoying the weather and working on Collecti. But what I'm definitely going to do is put limit orders around here and just wait because anytime soon, maybe in August, who knows, maybe we're going to see a bounce and we go back up to 80s or something. I need we all need to check if, if that's going to happen or not. But in the long run, probably this place is going to act like a magnet and it's going to, you know, pull the price down to 10 cents, 15 cents. And this zone should be where you want to become more bullish and uh, the best would be, of course, to wait for a nice trend reversal um, to lower your risk. But if you really believe in the project, dollar cost averaging down to, uh, you know, to specific lows like 10 cents, is all, you know, ma makes sense. And uh, we're going to talk more about it in the near future, of course. But if you're a Cardano uh, believer and you're investing on a weekly or monthly basis, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, you, you can buy a little bit here. Maybe it's up to you. No financial advice, but don't do a lot of, you know, don't do a lump sum investment. Wait until we see lower lows because it might happen. If you see a nice pump and we got rejected at certain resistance zones, take those profits and just lean back and wait. Don't marry your coins. Cardano is great, but um, it's, you know, either you invest in it or not, it's going to be there. It's going to, you know, copy what Bitcoin does. So it's not, you know, it's still very brand new. It is still getting started. The smart contract integrations, all of that started last year in September. So give it some time. But uh, of course, if you don't have a lot of money and you, you only have like a couple thousand bucks and you want to invest now, don't do a lump sum investment because we're maybe uh, getting started. Uh, the cold winter is going to come. Yeah. So Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you, but it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in Ethereum and I did a lot of research with the merge and I spent a few days, you know, with the white paper. But the more and more research that I do on Cardano and I see the partnerships that they're building and I start to kind of learn a little bit more about the development. And like I was saying, the Plutus language thing, do you think and I know that like someone just said, they just got smart contracts. So I know that Ethereum's far ahead. But do you think that Cardano has a real chance to eventually surpass Ethereum? Well, first of all, Cardano, Solano, um, Dot, none of these are ETH killers. The only ETH killer is ETH. 
Heath is killing themselves. They are in the driver's seat by far. Everybody knows that. And if they if they make the switch over, I think they'll remain in the driver's seat if they can, um, you know, get get the cost down, the transaction speeds up, and all that. However, they're in a tough position because their technology is kind of old and outdated. It was written back in 2012, 13, 14, and Cardano is being written today, as you rightfully said, in a Plutus language that is accustomed or accommodating to today's developers in Web two. That's why I have been excited about it. Because I know developers don't want to be writing in Solidity. They want to write in what's what's being used today. And so it's a natural transition. It's simpler. They know the code and it's easier to, to transition. So for me, I think that's why Cardano is going to be a big, big player in this space. Nobody's killing ETH. Nobody's killing. This is not going to be a one-owned. This is not going to be a monopoly. You're going to have a, a multiple set of smart contract technologies uh, coexisting for quite some time. Until maybe 20 years from now, somebody, you know, kind of consolidates that but i think right now this is great news for cardano um i kind of disagree a little bit with with selman and i don't think we're going to see 12 cents i i hope to god we do but i I don't think we ever see 12 cents when you look at grayscale and you look at the support that we're building on on the daily over the past two months at 40 cents somebody's buying this thing up and they're buying a shit ton of it in the 40s range and when i just looked at grayscale's latest news article came out they rebalanced their portfolio you know it's the number one holding in their smart contract portfolio cardano 56 percent of their portfolio is in cardano maybe they're the ones buying up but somebody's buying it up at this price there so um that's what i think boys i think that you will see cardano be a big player if we see 14 cents i'm backing up the truck i'm gonna sell the lake house and we see 14 cents to buy more cardano i'm gonna enter that something Okay, go ahead. You go, and then we'll have Andrew because he had his hand up. Go ahead, tell me. All right, sorry for that. Just wanted to say, um, never say never, Johnny, because the last couple of months, even JV was saying people are the big guys are buying Bitcoin, and based on the wallet addresses holding more than ten thousand, all of them were accumulating like crazy. And guess what? We've seen a huge market capitulation, oh, and that's right. why Cardano is nothing compared to Bitcoin in terms of market cap, etc. And or Ethereum, it's like a very like little brother. And if anything, you know, have can happen to Ethereum or uh Bitcoin, I believe Cardano can also get hit. And of yeah. course, these people are dollar cost averaging in, but they you know they have smart people, they probably also, you know, they know that they're investing in a long-term thing, and we you know all agree on that that Cardano is great, but I feel like you know, we should never say never. Because we could really see instead of 15 cents, it could drop to 18 cents and go back up immediately. It could be like one intraday uh, wick and that's it. Who knows? But like we've seen so much lately and in the past that um, I personally, I, I'm, I'm always stepping out and saying, hey, never say never. It's it's like unbelievable. Maybe tomorrow Shiba is going to be the dominating currency. Who knows? It's, no, it's, now he's taking it's, it too far. All right. Now, now you're taking it too far. Now, Andrew, did you have some comments? Go ahead, buddy. Let me approach it from another angle. If you believe in the project ADA, buy ADA, put it in your uh, in your uh, Exodus wallet, and make staking rewards. It's just as simple as that. Yep. Don't keep it on the exchange. Make staking rewards. Yep. But if you are interested in airdrops in the ADA environment, it can also be, then set up an EtherNL wallet. I don't know why it is called EtherNL. 
and then go to the to the website maybe someone can post this in the in the in the chat because i cannot post in the chat for whatever reason but uh, if you go to dripdrops.io there and you have your combination with your ether nl wallet you can catch um, uh, airdrops in the ada environment of course you can you have to do some research because you don't know exactly which projects because you can select the airdrops that you want to uh, want to uh, collect you need to pay a little bit of uh, transaction fee for that but it's interesting and if you have some time you can uh, research some airdrops on the dripdrops.io uh, website and uh, then you should not put it in your exodus wallet but in your ether nl wallet that's a chrome extension and uh, you can go from there and just play with it and have also have fun making making rewards and uh, yeah it's uh, and that you know that's what i like uh, free free money like i said he's the airdrop master at the beginning of the show so definitely you know give him a follow give everybody a follow but we appreciate everybody let's uh let's try to move on johnny you think we get uh, get it one more story in yeah definitely we got, we got time we got time for yeah. one more we got 141 yeah. viewers we got 93 likes come on guys smash that like button and break that song down that is awesome you know what's funny is when we started off i was worried that you know oh my god how am i going to fill all this time and i got to tell you guys uh time has been flying by and right fast hour and then just props to abs there's so much works that that, that goes into this and the stories and the fluidity of, of the show man i gotta tell you abs is next level man love yes, you all right so for our last story um I, I could just probably just summarize it we can go straight into conversation but basically the uh the fed vice chair was calling for crypto regulation right she made an announcement uh they were talking to the bank of england and basically what she was saying is that this thing is crypto as an asset class is starting to be adopted um, and that we need some regulation, right? Um, uh, Bernard, I think that's how you say her name. Uh, Bernard also addressed the need for central bank digital currency, surprise, surprise, saying it would provide stability and a neutral means of settlement in the future of the crypto ecosystem. She also outlined how there would be interoperability between stable coins and a neutral payment method. So. Well, I was doing some research. There was an interview that uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary did with Anthony Pompiano, their real big uh, Bitcoin maxi, uh, Anthony is, or he's very heavy in Bitcoin. And they talked about regulation. And, this, and, and the topic came up and what uh, Mr. Wonderful was talking about is that um, he's seeing bipartisan where these guys are starting to get together and uh, he sees regulation coming in the next six months, right? And it would be very smart if these guys just focus on one asset, which would be uh, stable coins. Uh, he talked about how stable coins could be, and you know, he's he's talking about USDC, right? That stable coins could be a global payment system, and that because it's attached to the dollar, it would strengthen the U.S. dollar. And how these guys need to create policy, and basically how he works with these sovereign funds, and these sovereign funds have five to nine hundred dollars. I mean, dollars five to 900 billion, right? And they want to invest. They want to take one to 3% of that and put it into crypto assets like Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, uh, Bitcoin, right? And stable coins, but they don't want to be on the wrong side of the SEC. So the whole discussion is, is if we can get some regulation, especially when it comes to stable coins, this influx of money is going to in flow into the market. So I'll open it up to you guys, Johnny, 
do you think that we're pretty close? And is this what we're talking about when we talk about like maybe the next bull run in 2025? Do you think that's what's going to fuel it when we start um, getting all this liquidity going back into the market? Well, I mean, it can't happen until we get liquidation. Liquidation is a must. It has to happen. It'll start first with stable coins. Then they'll roll that into saying, you know, you know, BTC and cryptocurrency bad, CBDC good. We've been saying that on this show for a while. Um, and I continue to believe that's going to be the narrative you're going to hear. We've been telling you this for a while. And all of a sudden, now you're hearing all the central bank chairmen starting to talk about it, starting to push it. So that means that internally behind the scenes, they've given them the green light to say, oh, yeah, all right, guys, go ahead and start programming all the sheeple and let them know that CBDCs are coming, stable digital coins are coming, they're safe, they're okay, you can use these things because that's just how sheep work. They have to be told it's okay, and then they'll be okay to go do it. So, yeah, we're, we're a few years away, but I think that's the, the parts and the pieces that you're seeing move in place right now. You know, there, we talk about it enough that um, I, I do think he does have a point, though. I, I think the first, you know, we're coming up on these midterm elections, I don't think they'll get it in before, but maybe, right? But I think that the first thing we're going to see regulated is going to be the stable coins. And I think that we're the closest we are ever to seeing regulation. And I think it'll happen with that. Did anybody else tell me to see you nodding your head? Did you have a comment on that? Um, well, all I can tell you guys is I did a TikTok video on that um, recently uh, stating, you know, there is one bank that just, you know, announced that they're, going to offer USDC to their clients uh, and want to also add other asset-backed uh, stable coins as well to their portfolio. Uh, I mean, offer to their clients as a service. And I feel like stable coins won't, I've, I've, I personally believe stable coins won't disappear, even though CBDCs are going to be introduced as well. I've, I believe stable coins, the good ones like USDC, right? Or there's another one, Binance USD. It's just the name Binance, but actually it's uh, controlled by Pax Gold, like the Paxus, the ones that uh, work on Pax Gold. So it's a, they are settled in, in New York City and um, they are in New York and um, are very close to the regulators there so i trust in them as well but what i really love is the fact that you know uh, ripple announced it as far as i know it was ripple they announced that a couple days ago that majority of like over 50 percent of the people of a survey wants to like they want to pay with stable coins or cryptocurrencies uh in a retail store so i feel like you know even if CBDCs will, you know, uh, be part of our lives in the near future, I believe stable coins will play a role. And I believe Johnny is absolutely right. I've, it's probably going to start with stable coins because we've seen the most manipulation right now or, you know, the volatility because of stable coins right now. And, um, and with that, probably we're going to see all the NFT regulations and, you know, tokenization in general. And, um, Within the next two years, probably the whole crypto industry will be regulated heavily. But after that, beautiful, beautiful days will be ahead of us. Yeah, you know, we're getting, we didn't get to the article. Maybe you guys will get it uh, tomorrow because we're going to wrap this thing up. But it was about USDT and how um, they are. Uh, they made an announcement and they're going away because a lot of their uh, the, the shady part of them is they're backed by commercial paper, right? And there were some suggestions that it was uh, Chinese property stuff. And, and, and that's not that's illiquid, right? It's not very liquid. And so these guys started talking about how they're going to 
uh, they're selling off some of that and they have uh, less of that paper and they're going to start getting into treasuries, right? Which is what USDC does. So you can start to see these guys are starting to make moves so that if they see that regulations coming, they don't want to get regulated out of existence. So they're going to start being more like probably like USDC. But just want to say thank you guys. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Selman. Uh, it was totally awesome to be with you guys. We love you. Remember to smash the like button. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, it was totally awesome to do this. Uh, but love you. And we'll see you. We'll see you later on. Bye. Warriors. Rah! Rah! Let, yeah. Get together, baby. Meet you guys. Good job, Gonzo. Good job. Thanks. You can change the screen. <laughs>